What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's another edition of the Talking Mets podcast here on this Sunday, November the 26th, 2023. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Silva. You can check me out all the time at thetalkingmetspodcast.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media, and you can show up on podcasts, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you want to interact with me, Mike Silva at talkingmetspodcast.com. No G, Mike Silva at talkingmetspodcast.com. You can get me on Instagram, talkingmetsnog. And of course, check out the newsletter, Beyond the mic, substack.com slash at talkingmetsnog. And I want to welcome in the good folks from the fan sided podcasting network as well as risingapple.com. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy post Thanksgiving. I hope you guys are all having a great weekend. Probably tired of leftovers by now. I haven't had too many leftovers. I had a little turkey and stuffing yesterday while I was relaxing. Maybe a little bit of family, a little bit of football, a lot of hot stove. We're going to get into a lot of hot stove here. Joining me in the second half of the program, Jeff Ballone. You guys know him, Mets Fix. We're going to start setting up the winter meetings today, and Mets Fix and Jeff Ballone is going to be part of that. So tune in to the second half. You'll hear Jeff's take. Mets Fix actually was on the show when they first came out. So we're kind of like having a reunion two years later, almost three years old. Great newsletter. And if you had a choice between mine and theirs, I think theirs is something that you should definitely... I I want you to have both. But you definitely should be picking up the news and and the aggregation that they do. And they also give some really good analysis and opinion. Everybody has this, its own space. But if you have to choose both, I'd love you to have mine. But I think Mets Fix is a pretty good choice as well. So there's that. Um, we're going to get into the starting pitching market. Maybe start to dabble a little bit into what offensive players are available. That's a lot tougher. But we're really starting to set things up here. And, and away you go. So... Before I start, I just want to give a a gift to you guys, and I've been running it on Thanksgiving. I'm going to run it again today. I have five coupons left because I keep getting these coupons from Substack to give out. So if you're listening, I have five coupons for a free month trial. That's kind of my holiday gift from Substack to you guys to try the Talking Mets Beyond the Mic. They won't charge you for a month. It's normally $5 a month. You get a little discount if you sign up for the full year. 
and I think it's worth it. Today I got into Francisco Lindor and how good Francisco Lindor is. We talked about building a super bullpen. I gave you a reaction to the coaching hires. There is content that I'm not, and I'm not sandbagging you here on the podcast. The podcast is always going to be free and it's always going to be part of the culture of this show. But I think some of the ancillary stuff that does require a little bit more work, all I'm trying to do is raise some funds to support the show and really reinvest in the show at some point as we get forward because there is cost, research costs, you know, Zoom fees, things like that, that, you know, ultimately I'd like to keep going. And I'm not asking for a handout. I'm giving you a product. That's always, I'm not about handouts. I'm not about donations. That's not who I am. You're here. You have hardworking dollars at play. And I think that I'm providing you something additional. And really, when I brought this up, as I've told you before, and I'll make this quick, it's about the next iteration and growth of the show that has seen tremendous growth since I went independent in 2019. So check out, if you haven't, you know, send me an email, Silva at talkingmetspodcast.com. No G, send me an email. Say I'm interested in one of the coupons. Within uh, a few hours, you should get a welcome email from Substack and away you go and you got a month free. Perfect month too with the winter meetings and hot stove to try it out. So there's that. The second thing I want to get to before I get to the main thesis of the first half of the program is I got a lot of negative feedback about my choice of doing a second parter and reminiscing a little bit about Mets Fantasy Camp. And look, I win some, I lose some. I'm sorry that some of you didn't like it. You felt it was, not that it was a bad segment, but it was a segment that didn't play into the flow of where we're at now with the Mets. I apologize for that. Um, All I could tell you is this, as this program evolves, as the newsletter evolves, as the content at Beyond the Mic evolves, we may make this more current Mets talk and current Mets talk that's relative to the team. Maybe the historical perspectives and some of that stuff moves to the newsletter for people who are more in tune with what they want out of the program. So, you know, I'm working on it. I'm trying to figure out what the best mix is here. Uh, By no means was I trying to sandbag you. Again, I use that word on the second uh, half of the show. But let's face it, and that's where I'll start, there's not a lot of rumors coming out of the Mets camp. And we could speculate and talk about starting pitching and offense and bullpen each week over and over and over again. But I thought it was something different to break it up. It wasn't 100% all about Mets fantasy camp. And look, part of where the culture of our interaction about the game is that 20 years ago when I started, or 15 years ago when I started, segments with former Mets were wildly popular. Maybe with the saturation of media, those are more widely available. You're not interested in hearing about Um, some of the stories from the late 90s Mets. So anyway, uh, I'm working on it. I know that at times people have not liked some of those let your hair down, more fan segments. But um, again, if you didn't like it, I'm sorry. If you did like it, I'm glad you did. And I thought it was fun. I thought Mike did a great job giving us a Mets Fantasy Camp recap, which by the way, I saw Bill Pulsifer doing one on his show. I think it's called Shea Hello on, uh, on X. So I'm not the only one. Pulse was at the Mets fantasy camp, so away you go. Anyway, let's get to the task at hand. I have to tell you, and I wrote about this in my uh, Sunday high heat portion of the column, the Sunday column. Is it Don Corleone or David Stearns? Because I have to tell you, he has that nice smile, you know, very humble, you know, very, you know, kind and nice with the media. But I, since he took over, He gave you one top line 
perspective on where this team is going, which is run prevention, which we've ran with it, no pun intended, here at this show. And there's been no rumors. All right, you heard a little bit about Luis Severino. Maybe during the coaching search, you heard a little bit about Willie Randolph. Nobody heard anything about John Gibbons. And, I mean, if they're not leaking about a first-base coach or a third-base coach or a bench coach, what makes you think there's going to be any leaks about any roster moves? So here we are a week away from the winter meetings. Things should amp up. We know they're interested in Yamamoto. We know that they want run prevention and pitching. We know that, you know, Pete Alonso potentially is in talks on a contract extension. You know, Pete was at Thanksgiving Day Parade. Maybe he's in town to talk about it. Who knows? We'll see. That's totally speculation, but that's that's where this is going. We are completely in the dark, and we're completely speculating. I'll bring it up to Jeffrey Ballone over from the Mets Fix later in the show because maybe they're hearing something. I don't know. But David Stearns has put a stop on leaks in this organization in a way that I have never seen. Never. And it's amazing because even agents aren't really leaking. Now, maybe that'll change as we get closer to the winter meetings. We'll see, but it's really an amazing thing it's 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 something i haven't seen before it's the way he wants to do business it probably is the right way to do business when you talk about running a team it stinks for us here at the talking mets podcast so where we're going to start is just recapping where we're at because run prevention and starting pitching and to a lesser degree bullpen is where this starts i told you guys at the start of the offseason that there's a lot of uncertainty Uncertainty with the prospects that they have that they acquired. Uncertainty with the baby Mets because outside of Alvarez, nobody showed that they were anywhere near ready to contribute in a meaningful level with whatever time they got. You have a team that is in a win-now mode, but is trying to build a sustainable future, a la the Yankees at one point. Maybe you don't want to argue with the Yankees, the Dodgers, and things like that. Or even to a certain degree, what happened in Milwaukee where they were competitive every year and seem to always be in the mix for a playoff spot. You know, I think the, the, the Mets are more championship-driven, and maybe that's where the money and all that stuff comes. But there is so much uncertainty. So knowing that, I've been preparing everybody for the fact that the Mets will be competitive, but they may be competitive in the sense where the team isn't complete on April 1st. They're going to have to see in spring training what they have. They may have to live with some growing pains with some players throughout the season, stay in the mix for a wild card, and then see where they're at at the deadline. But the genesis of being able to do just that is starting pitching. If you have good starting pitching and you have a competent bullpen, you could probably overcome growing pains with Beatty and Alvarez and Mauricio and potentially Gilbert or Kuna or anybody else. Not saying they're not going to sign an offensive player, but I think that that's lower down on the list as we talk about it. So I laid out early in the offseason what I would call a Texas Rangers-style starting pitching improvement, which is straight spending money, going out and winning the Yamamoto sweepstakes, going out and signing Montgomery. I like Montgomery better than uh, Rodriguez. Uh, Going out and having a reunion with Seth Lugo as a back-end-of-the-rotation guy that could give you six innings, three runs and really provide you some solid starts that you'd hand over to the bullpen. And then you've got your Senga, you've got your Quintana, you've got Buto, you've got McGill, Peterson midseason, maybe one of the kids pops in there, maybe you go out and you sign a veteran on a minor league deal that can't get a, a shot out there and see what he's got, someone better than the Dylan Bundys of the world of what you've seen, 
and away you go. You know, maybe you add to the mix because money might not be an object, a one-year deal for Luis Severino or someone along that line. So really the offseason starts and that plan works and that plan only works with Yamamoto. And if and the amazing part, and we talked about it last week, is that, and Zach Scott said this on the podcast that he was on a couple of weeks ago, when you're at the end of the market, like the Mets are, you pretty much have options to do whatever you want. You could sign anybody. The Mets wanted to sign Rodriguez, Montgomery, Yamamoto, Lugo, Severino. They can do that if they wanted to sign all five. Is that responsible? Is that cost effective? Will that piss people off? Absolutely, they could do that. How you allocate your funds and responsibly build a team is so much more challenging. Now, insiders have said that everybody's impressed with how Stearns behaved and acted and talked about uh, his philosophies and how he's going to run this team at the GM meetings. We'll see. But we really haven't talked about what happens if they don't get Yamamoto. We also haven't talked about if they get Yamamoto and Montgomery and Rodriguez are not part of the mix, are they only going to go the Severino or one-year deal routes? Or will they go into, you know, Sean Manaya, guys like that? Is that part of it? We don't know. Because right now we know this. We know they want Yamamoto. At this point, I think the Mets will be there on money unless it's really something that they're not comfortable with. Can they sell the Mets? Can they sell New York? Can Senga be of value? Can they overcome, especially if it's against the Yankees or the Dodgers, some of the success and history that those teams have? And then the thing is, how do the fans react if they lose out on Yamamoto? And maybe now it's more of a Montgomery, Severino. And then, by the way, we're trying to find, you know, maybe Giolito, an innings guy. We're going to have to go out and see if the kind of trades are available. Now, we've talked about free agents. You guys know the free agents that are out there. What about the people that, the players that are available via trade? So there's some names that have been talked about a lot, and I wanted to address them. Because in some way, shape, or form, they've been talked about as possibly being available. Dylan Cease of the White Sox, Shane Bieber of Cleveland, Tyler Glasnow, who's gotten a lot of press from Tampa recently, and Corbin Burns, which is the obvious one where, um, you know, the Milwaukee connection. Now, out of all of those pitchers, I think the one that the reports have as the most likely to be available is Glasnow. million, Rays needs dump salary. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, here's what I'm going to read to you. I don't have any problem with going after Glasnow and potentially trading with the Rays. I am not in favor of giving up top prospects for Glasnow, who is 
on the last year of his deal is going to cost money. Tampa's not going to pay any of that salary down. So they're not in a great spot there. And here's the history. Since 2019, here's the injury history. Forearm, elbow, elbow, oblique, cramping back as recently as August of this year. So you're going to get a guy that maybe you get 25 starts. You're going to get probably a really good 25 starts. You have no idea if he's available for the postseason. Can he stay healthy? It's only a one-year deal. It's only money. But I'll tell you what right now. I am not interested in going over to Tampa and handing over any of those top pitching prospects, including a Mike Vazel for Tyler Glasnow. Now, they want to talk a Buto or a McGill taking back maybe some of Margot's contract. I'm okay with that. The only reason I'd be okay with trading for Glasnow, and I and he's the most desirable out of all those names, is because it would be a straight salary dump and you have nothing to lose but losing money, and the owner doesn't care about losing money. He probably... He, he probably lost the, well, not probably, he did lose a good number of money on just bringing Chris Flex in here for Trevor Gott. Let's remember that. So that's where I would go on the Glasnow. Now, everybody talks Bieber and Cease. See, the problem with Cease is, I'm not sure Dylan Cease is the Cy Young guy from 2022. I don't think he's the guy that's below league average from 2023 that struggled with his slider. Maybe it was the White Sox defense that played into it. Maybe it was the pitch clock. All the guys I just talked about with injuries and things that came up, the pitch clock, you heard what Max Scherzer said. Pitch clock is playing some nasty things with pitchers. They have to get used to it. It's a lot more athleticism. You know, a lot more pace is potentially causing them to have less rest in between pitches, which is causing pitchers to maybe talk, talk about, do I really need to go all out? I mean, the the what the league wanted out of this is happening but I think there's going to be an injury play on this. So Dylan Cease is a guy who's controllable for a couple of years. They're going to try to sell him Chicago on that he's the Cy Young version. He's going to cost you a top pitching prospect. He may cost you that and a positional prospect. You may have to give up a Ronnie Mauricio and a, a one of the young arms. Uh, I'm not sure Kuno Gilbert would be in that uh, conversation or Jet Williams on that. Um, but you're going to have to look at and probably give up a top 100 prospect maybe a Kevin Parada, in that deal. You're going to have to. And I'm not sure, even with the control, with a guy that walks a lot of batters, I'm not sure Dylan Cease is worth it. Because I'm not sure that you can't get what he gives on the most likely, and you can't get the upside on a value. You know, Seth Lugo's not going to give you Cy Young numbers. Severino, I don't think, could give you Cy Young numbers on a one-year deal. But they could give you the in-between, the 110 ERA+, plus six innings, six and a half innings that Cease could give you and most likely will give you compared to, now if the Mets think their lab could, you know, compared to what he did last year, if the Mets think their lab could work, another thing. Now, Bieber is a different problem. Bieber would be highly desirable, but there's some issues I've read about the third time around the order, which makes him a five or six inning guy. You could get that on the uh, free agent market. The rotator cuff from 2021 scares the bejesus out of me. And I do not like the elbow inflammation that he had this past offseason. That is the equivalent of a car that is having its check engine light coming on. You're tweaking unrelated things to the main problem. But you know there's something going on. You know that car is going to break down. You know there's a problem. You're hoping that you're solving it with some small things, with some small maintenance. But ultimately, when the car breaks down, the big bill is going to come home to do. And I could see a Bieber who may cost less because the control isn't there, but it's not necessarily going to be given away for nothing. You know, I don't know if Cleveland's in that dumping mode. And let's remember something. 
And this goes back to, as you talk about Corbin Burns, everybody says, oh, Corbin Burns, Corbin Burns, Corbin Burns, Stearns, Corbin Burns, Corbin Burns. You think anybody wants to gift? You don't think that Corbin Burns, who has some pec issues and also comes with some risk as these innings pile up, I know the Dodgers are interested, that always tells you what you got, you know, there's something good going on there. Do you think that that owner of Milwaukee and Matt Arnold and the fact that Stearns left Milwaukee to go to the Mets and take Cohen's big money, you think they're going to want to give Burns and see Burns pitch deep into the postseason, even if it's for just a short time, and give Stearns that bump without him paying for it? You don't think that there's going to be pain in that? You don't think it's going to be one of those top offensive prospects and maybe one or two pitchers, maybe not from the core five guys, but someone who's uh, Joely Diaz or someone like that? You know, that's going to happen. That's going to be part of it. So, you know, really, to me, the trade market is even trickier than the free agent market. And the problem here is this. If the Mets want to be competitive, they have to improve the pitching. And I haven't even got to the bullpen. Because if you read my piece over at the newsletter, I talked about a super bullpen, about going out, and you have Diaz in the ninth, and you have Rayleigh, who's valuable, but go out and sign, not Josh Hader, because that's unrealistic. But, you know, you go out and you see if you get a Robertson or a Aroldis Chapman and maybe bring those two guys along. Because everybody else, it's all about the analytics department and the pitch framing and the and the, and the the spin. You know, what do they value, this front office? You saw Cole Sulcer come over on a minor league deal. They saw something in Sulcer they like. Is Sulcer kind of the framework of the value bullpen pieces? So you, they have their work cut out for them. And the margin of error is very, very small. And I think if they lose out on Yamamoto, the optimism for a competitive 2024, I think gets dampened. Now you can say, well, Mike, they'll go out, they'll sign Montgomery and, and Rodriguez to probably four or five year deals that are going to be overpaid. I don't think you get both. I think you pick one. I pick Montgomery because they're very similar with the New York pedigree. But, you know, there's risk there. Montgomery had his own, you know, the Yankees gave him away for Harrison Bader. There was a reason. It was a bad choice. And then do you want to go in the season with Senga, Quintana, Severino, maybe a Lugo type, maybe another one-year deal type, like an Alex Wood? Do they go the Walker route? I mean, it starts to go down and down and down, and then you look at the trade market, and, and you could get excited about any trading for any of these guys, but these guys get hurt, and you give up some decent, even if it's not your A prospects, it's your B or B-minus prospects, those are players that potentially mid-season or in another deal you could use, or by the way, could be useful for your roster, that now that everybody makes $25 million a year who's good, at some point, if you're going to keep the payroll somewhere reasonable, you need guys who are in their pre-arbitration years or arbitration years providing you better value for them what their price is. You have to, even Steve Cohen. So this is tough. And then you look at the offense, and truthfully, I don't know what, they believe about the baby mats. I don't like Beatty. Maybe they still see something. Mauricio's interesting, but you know, I think he's a lot like Marble and Marmel in Chicago. Christopher Marmel. Uh, I, I think that that's kind of and that's a valuable player, but it's a component player. It's not a star. And then you have Vientos, who mm. maybe splits DH time with Stewart if that's the way they want to go. They want to give him a shot. Plays against lefties. Can he mash lefties? At that point, we know Alvarez has a good foundation and a lot of good there. So, you know, you got something there. But, you know, Marte's a question mark. You know, Nimmo needs some corner 
time maybe to keep him healthy. Do they go out and get a Kevin Kiermaier or they, like I said, Margot as a as a defensive guy? That's not going to excite you, but that's run prevention. That's where it would go at that point. I looked at some of the big bats. You know, I don't think they're going to get in on a Bellinger because Bellinger is going to cost them a draft pick. Otani, I don't think is coming here. I know there was, you know, Howie Rose tweeted some rumor that there's going to be news on Otani. I think that was a little premature. But you got Toscar Hernandez. You've got Reese Hoskins. You got Jorge Solar. Hoskins to me is interesting because you could sign him as a DH and he's your backup for Alonzo maybe leaving or getting hurt. You could put him at first base. But it, you know, you look at him. I think he's he generates a lot of production with Philadelphia. He does hit lefties. He strikes out a lot. He doesn't play good defense, and he's going to cost you. Maybe maybe he doesn't cost you that much because he's coming off an injury. Maybe you could get away with a one- or two-year deal or one-year deal with an option to rebuild his value. That point, as a DH for a year, I don't have a problem, but I'm not sure he's the guy. I'm not sure he's going to be as good outside of Philadelphia. We'll see. Now, Hernandez and Solar. Solar hits on the home at home at road, and he hit, you know Miami's not the greatest offensive ballpark. Hernandez hits a lot better on the road outside of Seattle. So he's interesting. I was kind of ant on him. But both guys will hit lefties. Both guys will give you power. Both guys will play corner. And the point here is, if you get a corner, you put him in left, you can keep Nimmo in center, maybe get some depth for defense at center. But you're also relying on Starling Marte, and we don't know what Starling Marte can do anymore. We just don't know. They know. We don't know. So this is going to be really interesting. I think the Mets have got to really win this Yamamoto thing. If the Mets are going to be competitive quicker, they've got to win Yamamoto. They've got to sell him on New York. They've got to win that thing. And if they lose him to the Yankees, and, and, and imagine a situation, they lose him to the Yankees, they lose out to Montgomery to the Yankees, it just perpetuates the Yankee dominance narrative. Imagine the opposite, that they go out and they sign Yamamoto Montgomery away from the Yankees. Imagine how that just gives a lift to the entire organization. It really does. It's quite amazing if you think about it. So we're at a time right now where this is a, it was always hard for Stearns to come on board and take this job where they're at. And Zach Scott said it best in the podcast. When you have all this abundance in front of you, all of this, sometimes it makes it overwhelming. It makes it harder to make a decision because you could go anywhere. But when you start to look at it, if you're staying away from the Blake Snells and the Otanis, and Sonny Gray, you probably wouldn't do well in New York anyway. Unless I'm missing something. Well, that's Brian Cashman's opinion, and we saw the results when he was here. And you don't get Yomamoto. And now you're swimming in Montgomery and Rodriguez. And those guys are okay, but like a Nathan Evaldi, you know, they're good, but they're not... I don't think they're... I think they're threes. You've got a three in Quintana. And you're going to have to give him a four- or five-year deal. Which is fine. It's money, but again... It's locking up your your rotation for a while. And then, you know, you don't want to do those guys. Now you go to the value bin, the Severinos, the Lugos. Uh, you know, it's not as exciting going into 2024. You know, maybe they he reunites with Eric Lauer, who's a former Brewers lefty. That would be a great value pickup. You know, it starts to get hard. And the trade market's complicated because you don't know what you have. And you also don't want to just give up somebody for a pitcher Either it's a CISO as control who's not as good as he's going to be uh, the capital you're going to have to give up, or injury risk like Glasnow, Bieber, or a King's Ransom for Burns who's basically you might have for one year. And there's a ton of risk, in my opinion, in signing Burns to a long-term deal. ton of risk. You're going to sign a pitcher to a long-term deal. you got to make sure they're going to stay healthy, they're in the prime, and they're going to produce. Like what Wash, you know, the perfect free agent deal 
is kind of like what Washington did with Scherzer. Or even to a certain degree what the Cubs did with Lester. I know Lester fizzled out later on, but they got a lot of good out of Lester at that point. So David Stern's got his work cut out for himself. What do you think? You can email me, Mike Silvat, TalkingMetsPodcast.com. Which of these names are you interested in? I think if I personally had my choice, sign Yamamoto, sign one of Montgomery and um, Rodriguez, sign a Seth Lugo, trade for a Glasnow, do it Glasnow if it's responsible. Maybe you've taken some salary on Margot. Possible if you have to give up a prospect, can you squeeze a bullpen piece out of them? That That's uh, you know getting expensive. There's a lot there that, uh, at that point. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Jeffrey Ballone, Mets Fix, what does he think of all this craziness? What are his thoughts about the starting pitching market? Free agency, trade, getting Yamamoto, competing with the Yankees. What about some of those offensive pieces I just talked about? We haven't talked about the offense. Run prevention's a big deal. Those are really not run prevention pieces I talked about. But the Mets need some offense too. A little bit, not a lot. They have a good core of offensive players, a little bit. Uh, So we'll see what Jeff has to think. A lot more to come right after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.